Thinking what to do? Philly fans podcast is for you. Every week in Philly, there's something new. And Kev can and Eric know what to do. If you're riding in the city thinking what to do, Philly fans podcast is for you. Brian with the in-depth sixes review, and we can't forget about Carson too. Are you currently driving around the city thinking what to do? Well, you hit the right podcast. This is the Philly fans podcast. With you as always is Kevin and and Eric. How are you? And we have the great Aristotle, Harry, Harry Hustle, Harry Hustle, <laughs> with us today. Pleasure. What a sports. Thank you for having me, fellas. You know, I'm just here, and I'm happy to be here. You know what I mean? So I don't get fired. That's all. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. Uh, by the way, what, what are we? Thirty seconds into the podcast, there's already been one text from my wife saying, "Lower the music. You're too loud." So this is going to be an exciting podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good at, at any moment at any moment my wife is going to come down like what the hell are you doing <laughs> at any moment wait, wait till i start yelling <laughs> please don't yell we don't need that well say say that for this the, the ben simmons talk all right you can start yelling when we talk we can so we talk benny the bum we're gonna say that though <laughs> you're, you're already starting with me harry already starting this yeah, is, i gotta this is supposed to be a podcast where i was the mediator all right, I was supposed to be the mediator tonight. Mediator? Okay. What am I getting I myself into? I, Wait, I didn't sign up to be in an argument. <laughs> I, I'm, no, no worries. I'm, I'm used to arguing with myself, so we're all good. <laughs> so we've had a lot that has gone on in the past few weeks. Last time we were on, it was right before Philly's opening day. Just wanted to prove once again I was right. The Philly's bullpen, fixing it up a little bit. Looking a mm-hmm. lot better than normal, uh, mm-hmm. but obviously we are getting we are in the month of April. Obviously, Phillies are top of mind, but really top of conversation is the NFL draft, which is officially what like two weeks away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we continue to get closer. We have no idea what the Eagles front office is going to do. Howie Roseman is in the hot seat once again, but um, let's let's throw someone else on the hot seat, and that is owner Jeffrey Lurie. A lot of drama coming out this week, Howard. Howard, Eric, do you hear about this drama? Yeah, man, it's crazy. It's a lot of whole. It's, it sounded like it was a soap opera when I was reading the reports. I'm like, is this all my children or is this all all of my eagles? Like, what's going on with this? It was it was crazy, man. A whole lot going on this week for sure, for sure. So it's funny because it seems like it is exactly what we would talk about on like WIP or 97.5. Uh, Lori and Roseman, they're, they're full of drama. They're, they're undermining the head coach. They're terrible at communicating. They're, they're uh, terrible management. We, this is awful. There has to be, there's gotta be something going on. And it actually started a couple of years ago and you started hearing these, these whispers of Harry, the, or not, sorry, uh, Howie Roseman, the weasel. Uh, and, and now you're starting to get a lot of like shouts of it is Jeffrey Lori. It is bad management. It's a man uh, who loves his analytics, uh, and and Howie Roseman's allowed to spin the wheel and do whatever he feels like. Well, the fact uh, that the fact that Roseman's still around should tell you where Lori stands. Uh, that's what I think. I've already I've already been told 
the Harry Hustle down there is a big in trust in trust Howie or Howie we trust. In, in Howie we trust. I I may have thrown that out at one. He point did. In Howie we trust when it comes to the flabbergasted. Are you still there, Harry? So you know Howie's my guy, um, but I'm I'm a I'm gonna use a, a quote from a. The Italian job where it says, uh, I think it goes along with something. So, you know, I don't trust everybody, but I trust the devil inside of them or something like that. And that's me and Howie's relationship. I don't trust Howie as far as I can throw him. Uh, and I ain't been doing my push-ups lately. But at the same time, I trust Howie to be Howie. And that weasel that you talked about earlier, I think that weasel is going to come out. Uh, this is it actually already has started this offseason and and you know, we're going to see his fangs a little bit. Uh, something that Howie hasn't have had to deal with because I feel like the coaches took a lot of the flack for him and, and then the quarterbacks and things of that nature. He's never really been the guy on the hot seat. He's never really been the guy with the spotlight on him. And I think that that is going to force him. You know, it's not going to be something he wants to do. It's not going to be something he's comfortable, to do, uh, comfortable doing. It's going to be like Jim Schwartz blitzing. But it's going to be a, a, a time for him to really uh, keep it simple, stupid. You know what I mean? Like this draft is so stocked in our favor that you really have to try to mess this up. <laughs> and I just think he's not going to try to mess it up this year. You know, in the past, he's tried like, hmm, how can I do this? Hmm. All right. I'm not going to take Jefferson. Uh, I'm going to take this other guy from a VCU, TCU. I don't even know the school he's from, but I'm going to take him. You know what I mean? It's like that's his approach to always try to be the smartest guy in the room. I don't think he'll do that this year. This year, I think he's going to just play the board and whoever falls to him. And I also think that he's going to get lucky because one of those five QBs is going to fall to 12 and it's going to be a feeding frenzy. And he's just going to be able to stand back and say, ah, and it's going to look like he did something, but really he'll do nothing. But just him being there and him, him, doing the basics common sense in this draft he'll be able to land some talent for sure so you think he's gonna at 12 one of those quarterbacks gonna fall to 12 and he's gonna take a quarterback at 12 no no i don't think he'll take a quarterback he's not oh, that okay. crazy i was gonna um, say that's where i thought you were going no 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 no. i don't think he'll take a quarterback i'll think what i think what he's going to do honestly i think what he'll do is um i think justin fields or trey lance is going to fall you know and and if they hit 12 Bill Belichick is picking up that good old phone and, and, and you know, dropping back to 15 from 12. If, if one of the quarterbacks fall, that means, you know, Micah Parsons might be there at 15. You know, J.C. Horn might be there at 15. So if he's able to fall back to 15 and maybe grab, I think they got like 47 or something like that, and grab that extra second round pick and maybe go ahead and pick up a Jabril Cox in the second round or, you know, uh, a solid cornerback, Asante Samuel with those extra picks, something like that. I feel like he'll be able to leave out of the draft. And if you factor in free agency, which so far has been okay, you know, I really like the safety signing. I like the linebacker signing, even though like, I don't know how that would translate to coming here, but last year he, he, he did pretty good. He showed and he proved. So I feel like those two signings were good. If he couples that with a solid draft where he gets the first three rounds, we got to have players that hit the field. No rap. Like, it ain't no in-between. We ain't talking to kid last year. Davion Taylor, who is he? Is he working at Walmart? What is he doing? We not – no, 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 no. This not J. Jaw, Mama, hold the umbrella. Nah. 
we need dogs, bro. We need, you know what I mean? Like this the this the draft where we need him to come out firing. And it might happen that, you know, what's the kid named T- 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 Terrence Marshall Jr. to race to race. Maybe it's hard to pronounce all the names these days, but I know he is stud, the kid from LSU. And he might actually fall to that 37 spot. If we grab him with the 37, come on, man. You got Tutu Atwell. He another okay receiver. Uh, Amin Ra, I think he's from USC. He another solid receiver that's going to fall to the third. It ain't like we need two stud receivers. All we need is one solid receiver to, to complete that package. We need a solid corner and a solid linebacker. And that opportunity is going to be there for Howie. So if he plays his cards right, he's going to be able to walk out of this situation and come at Kevin and Eric and say, Y'all owe me an apology. <laughs> I I will never apologize to Howard. You won't have to. He failed last year's draft. He he's failed every draft except for one, and he got rid of that quarterback anyway. So that means that's a failed draft at this point too. He continues yeah. to fail. He's been on the hot seat for, in my opinion, for two years now. Yes. To give him a third chance is ridiculous in this <laughs> draft. Uh, he, all that stuff that you said that makes sense. The problem is. Howie doesn't. Howard Roseman flies <laughs> off the seat of his pants. He'll trust analytics. Mm-hmm. He'll trust mm-hmm. Jeffrey Lurie before he before he decides to make a move. Even if Patrick Sertan falls to him as a cornerback or even a one of these star wide receivers or star tight ends fall to him at number 12, he will still pick someone up from TCU because that is Howard Roseman. Well, I think um, failure. one of the – the, the mock drafts I've been seeing that one of those receivers has been falling to 12, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know. I mean, how I know you said uh, Mike Parsons is going to drop that for, I don't know with that four that 40 he put in. And he's Michael. just a, no, no, I don't think Mike is going to fall. Oh, so I thought you said he was going to fall. I, I it was, that was just the first name that popped in my head oh, okay. when I was thinking, but what, what really the people that I think are going to fall are, the wide receivers and the tight end. So the last team to take a tight end top 10 was Detroit. They took Hawkinson. That really didn't work out. He was not worth that worthy of that top 10 pick. So in the NFL, they follow trends a lot with drafting. So I think that nobody's taking pits in top 10. Like, no, because it's too risky, especially when you have uh, a position skill player like uh, Penay Sewell or whatever. I, I don't you know, pronouncing it is hard, but y'all know who I'm talking about. That right. stuff from Oregon, that offensive tackle. You also have Rashawn Slater. That's a solid, that's a solid offensive lineman that like is going to play every, every offensive snap. I don't really know if Kyle Pitts going to play every offensive snap, uh, you know, and Dallas who come before us, they can't afford to do it. That CD land pick last year, really cost them. They can't go offense this year. If they do, Jerry Jones basically shooting himself in the other foot. Last year, he shot himself in one foot. It'll be another shot in another foot. We know uh, uh, the Giants need defense terribly. You know, uh, Evan Ingram was a pro bowler last year. Why would they take a tight end? You know, they have, they signed, uh, you know, a bunch of different receivers this year. I just don't have them taking a receiver. And as you go further down the list, I just don't see Detroit doing it twice, I, you know, and I don't I don't see a team like Cincinnati going out and picking a wide receiver that can't catch the ball if Joe Burrow gets hurt again and can't throw it to him. So I really think that a lot of the teams that just because they're uh, skilled players and they're exciting to watch in the 40 times and on pro day, I feel like that is a great storyline for Sports Center leading up to the draft. But when it comes down to the to the draft, it's always about the trenches. And a guy, uh, Quiddy, Quiddy Pay, I think his name is, well, he's a solid defensive lineman. Like, I was watching his tape, and I'm like, somebody going to take him. Every year, somebody take the defensive lineman, top 10, 
So I just think that the wide receivers are going to start at 10. And then I, my other theory, this is my conspiracy theory about the NFL and, uh, <laughs> and the NCAA. This I feel like very hustle conspiracy. Y'all ready? Sound an alarm. You so, <laughs> you know, Harry's it's a hot take. Harry's hot take. Here we go. So it's a marriage of the NCAA football and NFL football. I feel like, you know, it's, they're lockstep in, in, in certain ways. And one of those ways is uh, accolades. You know, the Hall of Fame means something. In the NFL, the Hall of Fame means something. Pro Bowl means something. All Pro means something. Well, in college, the Heisman means something. And I just don't see a team, an NFL team, going and picking Jamar Chase, a receiver who didn't play last year, over a receiver who played last year and won the Heisman. Like, when was the last time a receiver won the Heisman? That says something about Devontae Smith. All these quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, they picking them first, right? He ain't won the Heisman. You know what I mean? Like, that says something. So I think NFL teams are just in the spirit of that tradition that the Heisman means something, I think the first wide receiver off the board is going to be Devontae Smith. So to answer your question, that would be Desmond Howard in 1991 was the last time a wide receiver won the Heisman. I was three. Exactly. (laughs) So they follow trends. And, you know, the last time – the last couple wide receivers that were taking top ten weren't that good. I believe it was like Corey Davis – and like a few other uh, rugs was like high. He was the least of the, of the good young rookie wide receivers last year. So, you know, I just think that means that teams are going to say, hey, I could get a wide receiver at 14 to 20. And the Eagles will be like, thank you. Give me pits with that 12th pick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Trey Ertz for an extra second round pick. And I think that's how the weasel Howie is going to make Kev love him. Howard. It's I don't know. If, I don't know podcast. if he'll ever get that love. <laughs> it's Howard, <laughs> Howard. I'm sorry, Howard. <laughs> the Eagles signed Jordan Howard to a one-year deal. They signed linebacker Eric Wilson, who missed more tackles uh, than a lot of people last year as a Viking to a one-year contract. Uh, upside with Wilson is he'll probably move to the outside linebacker position. This means that the Eagles have needs all over the place because they're the Eagles right now. Uh, what are, What do you believe is the biggest need of the Philadelphia Eagles? going into this draft wow besides general manager um besides general let's... manager yes besides <laughs> Howard. so i honestly i my what i would do if i was gm i think the biggest need is defensive and it's split 50 50 between cornerback and linebacker we love slay slay is what he is he's a he's he's a premier corner two years ago we need a young stud to couple with with Slay to solidify our, our, our defensive backs. If we don't do that, Slay will continue to just decline. You know what I mean? And the, the D-backs will never be able to catch up to where we know they should be. So and me personally, I would love to take a Patrick Sertan. I'm not taking J.C. Horn at 12. If J.C. Horn is there at 12 and, like, Patrick Sertan goes to Dallas or whatever, to me that says a quarterback is available. At that point, I might trade back two or three spots, try to grab another pick or take J.C. Because I just think J.C. will be around. Another great uh, corner slash safety, they don't really know how to describe him, is uh, Javon Holland from uh, Oregon. And he's going to be like a second round, late second round, third round pick. And he a solid corner that, that's, that you know, that, that, that know his way around the field, a ball hawk that could get to it. So it's going to be a few corners available late, but as far as those stud corners, those lockdown walk on the field right now corners, I'm going to go ahead down to Alabama 
And I'm going to go ahead and take Patrick Sertan with that 12th pick and be locked and loaded at corner. And I know I'm good. I just signed, I don't know the safety name, but we got a safety back there. We got other cats. What's the guy? Uh, what was the guy that was supposed to be mini Brian Dawkins last year? I forget his name, Javon but he Wallace. is safety. Javon Wallace. Yeah. So we have him as far as depth is concerned. Rodney McLeod returning from injury. I feel like we would be all right with safety, but we need that shutdown corner. And then my second round pick, the reason I would pick a cornerback first is you could get a stud linebacker at that 37 pick hands down. You know, I feel like you would get a stud linebacker and I would, I would take that linebacker second round. And then, like I said, third round, I would go ahead and get another wide receiver. Cause I think our new wide receivers under the new regime, our young guns are going to flourish, especially uh, with Jalen Hurts uh, mobility back there and Miles Sanders ping, ping, pam, that RPO is going to be like magic. It's going to be a beautiful thing. And we went in 10 games this year. Oh, wow. 10 games. 10 piece. 10 piece McNugget. Yep. There's some people saying we're not going to win four. They crazy. (laughs) They they, they, they didn't sip the Kool-Aid. But, you know, in in, in reality, we got a a nice young quarterback that is able to do some things out there. And and I watched this college tape, a lot of people knocking – and, and bring up the one or two, uh, you know, dis- discrepancies in his past. Oh, he got benched for Tua. Like, oh, yeah, he got benched. And he also came right back and won that big-time game for him after he got benched. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to Oklahoma and he put on over there. So I'm just going to assume the following pattern is going to say he's going to put on over here. And I know what I saw those last four games, and it was enough to tell me that if you don't got a coach, Dougie Dunce cap, you know, I love Doug. He won us our first Super Bowl. But at the end of that that last year, bro, he lost his mind. It was just – it was over. You know how it is in a bad relationship when it's just over. And it's like, why are you even here, bro? He was sticking around for no reason. That last game showed it, like, when he took Jalen out at halftime. He just – Doug was lost. And yeah. I feel like that played a big part in those last four games. So, new regime, new coach, new QB, new scheme, not that 12, man. I hate that. I hated it. I love the two tight end set. But the 12-man personnel not really going to work when these – KC team spreading out their offense on you. They got five wide receivers running the field, and we got two tight ends. Like, come on. And then on the defensive side, that wide nine crap Jim Schwartz ran was terrible. We we knew that from Madden. You can't run the wide nine on Madden. It don't work. <laughs> so Jim Schwartz being gone, and we having a, 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 a just a basic – you can do the basics. And our team is going to be a lot better. Our defensive line going to flourish. If we get a linebacker and a cornerback, Man, listen, we shutting them down. Ten games, baby, in the division. No, yeah. New I agree with you on the line. Over, by the way. What was new that? Coach, new coach to get bossed around by uh, Howard Roseman and, <laughs> and Jeffrey Lurie. Who knows? Maybe when the season starts, he'll, he'll talk up, you know, speak up a little bit, t- say, yo, this is my team. We suck last year. I'm going to bring us back. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, you no. never know until it happens. It's like, I can't take it no more. Yeah. He, he might come in and be like, yo, this is ridiculous. Get out of my face. Chip right. Kelly spoke no, that. That didn't you don't know. Well. What was Doug that? Peterson spoke back in the end. That didn't go over too well to the point where Doug Peterson wasn't able to at least uh, acquire key acquisitions or key decisions on his own coaching staff. Well, do it. Do it from the gun. They, they, they signed a yes, man. I like that. We'll see how it yeah. goes. It's a yes, man. Just come in from the down. jump. Yeah, yep. come in from the jump. Just be like, yo, this is my team on the field. It's my team. I'm taking over. Forget it. And what does Sirianni have to lose? You know, honestly yeah. – so if, if we're, let's say the report is true, 100% true, 
And we have uh, Jeffrey Laurie. I like to call him El Jefe. You know, let uh, me pay tribute to the Dons. I've watched in Narcos. Yeah, yeah, in Narcos. I call him El Jefe Laurie. So, you know, it, it just paints a better picture of a guy walking around like, hey, you fired if you don't listen to me. It's just, you know, he like a, a he, he the Don, you know, the Don of the Eagles. So, you know, El Jefe, he walking around, he's saying, hey, give me a quarterback. I don't like this guy. Carson, he's out of here. All of these things, if, if, if we take that into consideration and, and we say that that's true, right, that means he's been doing this all along. He's been doing that. this. Yeah, that means, like, because, you know, as men, we don't suddenly change. It's not like you become an overbearing person overnight. Like, hey, I'm going to wake up today and, you know, be an asshole. No, no one does that. So, like, it, it, this has been him. So it's been a consistent thing. Maybe he hasn't shown it as much in the office, but, you know, now he is. But let's just say it's true. I feel like if Jeffrey Lurie is Jerry Jones, right? I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. But if he is, if the reports are true and he is Jerry Jones. If the reports are true, it's worse. But it is it in the past 20 years, who's been a better owner? Who, who Which team has been more successful? The That's Eagles or the Dallas Cowboys? That's a good point. The Eagles have been more successful. And, and it's a business. And that's why Howie is still here because – Parking then went up. You know, we, <laughs> you know, jersey sales are up. Uh, beer, I think, is thirteen dollars now. You know, you can't get a cheesesteak for under twelve bucks at the stadium. Concession stands are, you know, all of these things that kind of come into play. I feel like that's what how he good at. He's not good at drafting. Nah, 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 nah. He don't do that. But he made Jeffrey. Uh, I'm sorry. He makes Howard makes El Jefe a whole lot of money. <laughs> well, that's why. That's why a lot of people. A lot of people were saying that he should be charged the money. Like, don't take him in, don't have him as, you know, the GM for player personnel. Just let him run the money side and you'll be mm -hmm. all right. You saw him this offseason with three, you know, restructuring contracts to mm -hmm. get us under the cap. Now it's his fault to begin with, but, you know, he still did it. Mm -hmm. Just put him back in his closet. Let him sit in his closet. Let him mm -hmm. sit and rot in his closet like Chip Kelly did. Well, how do you, I got a question for, how do you feel about the, speaking of signings, the one year deal at Howard? I mean, he's a he's a power back. I'll give him air quotes for that. I wanted him last year. Um, yes. Are they going to use him? Is the new coach going to use him as a power back and, you know, give Sanders a little more help back there? My analogy for Jordan Howard is, uh, you know how in high school it's like you really like that girl. She hot. She's like, yo, you, you, ooh, I want her. Okay. And, and then you don't get her, but then you, you, you 35 and you at Walmart or you at Target and you see her. And she a little husky now. And then and now she like, hey, I seen you on Facebook and blah blah. You like, yo, you ain't talked to me this much in homeroom and you sat next to me. Now it's too late, baby girl. That's how I feel like with Jory Howard. Like, man, it's just too late, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I would have loved this to work out last year or the year before. But like, what what was you here for? Like, and I can understand the sign that we need a power back. But at this point, why y'all ain't trying to get a ball to Jordan Mylotta at least once on a three and just say fall forward? Just fall, <laughs> just fall down. That's all you got to do right there. You know what I mean? Like, if you need a power back, you literally have a rugby player that was a power back. Good I don't point. think we need Jordan Howard. But in saying all of that and joking around, I feel like if Nick Sirianni can manage to get a solid package for him, the same way Beast Mode got used. Because, you know, when Beast Mode came back, it was like, yo, what do you do? Oh, power? All right, you're going to run the power on. You, you know what I mean? Like, that's it. If Jordan Howard can come in and do those things and they can 
something that I hated was the the running back rotation. It was like as soon as Miles got hot, they take him out and put Clement in, who ain't play all game, and it's the third quarter. And then you know Clement get going and he running and he catch a pass and they take him out and they put Boston Scott in. So if they can find some consistency and have it be that three headed monster that you know Eagles fans know and love then I think it could be successful. But, like, Jordan Howard, how many carries is he really good for this season? Like, how many yards? Realistically, let's bet the over-under. What is what are you going to give us, 300, 300 yards? Well, I, was saying, I was thinking maybe you could give him – well, they, last year, I mean, it's a completely different team. So I'm that was sure, dumb. But maybe give him, like, 10 carries a game. That would work for especially, me. Especially 10 yards and in. Yo, that would work all day. Or like first day, like short third and uh right. third and two. For sure. Yo, that would work for me. That would work. Yeah, use him, use him as that that back that you just want to, you know, bust through the line for a couple yards. Mm-hmm. If yeah. he can do that, I'm cool with the signing. Yeah, for sure. It seems, it seems like the Colts and Sirianni really like that three back system. The problem right now is your three back system is Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and Jordan Howard again, uh, which is kind of scary. Uh, I'm hoping they they go after someone in like a third round uh, that would be a power back that would mm-hmm. be those younger legs. Someone that I, I've been begging for them to get a guy that can run between the tackle for a while now. Third round seems like that perfect opportunity for them uh, when it comes to a running back situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Howard, yeah, like you said, it, it's it's okay, but it's it's just it's. I think your time's up at this point. Well, you really haven't had a back like like that since Legarrette Blunt. Mm-hmm. So when he left, we haven't had that since. So the, Jordan Howard's not that. Could you draft someone like that? Sure, you never know. And you don't yeah. honestly, you never know until the season starts. Jordan Howard could be a stud this year. Mm-hmm. You just never know. Yeah, for sure. I think you know him actually taking a few. Well, basically taking a year off last year. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to help him get healthy and help him actually be better. The same with our offensive line. Um, but I do think we're going to take a running back. Um, I think – so late late rounds – I'm trying to think of the kid's name. I, I don't want to mess it up, but I think I'm right. I think it's Larry Roundtree, and I think he's, like, from, like, MSU or something like that, one of them smaller schools. But he's a kid that, that, that you know, it, it could work out for us. Uh, this is a, a draft where, like, running backs are undervalued, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So there are going to be a lot of nice running backs that that's that fall to that third, fourth, fifth round. And you know, we got we got hella picks. I think the reason that Howie actually has so many picks is so that he can trade for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> well, that was the original until what do you mean? he's gonna end up in jail. Yeah, until all that it's like well, you know, well out of prison, Howie is gonna scoop him up and he's gonna be an eagle for two first round picks. No, that's Andy Reid. That's that's Andy Reid track. That's what Andy does. Howie Howie can't afford to even mess around. He's gonna get the call from Deshaun and say, ah, I can't afford to mess with you right now, buddy. I need a sure thing. <laughs> that's you know, like I, maybe if Russell was on that other line. Yeah, Russell for sure. Wilson. Yeah, for sure. I think and you know you at, at, at a point, you got to poke the bear. It's like, you know, whatever car we all, all three of us drive, if they tell us that, you know, our exact payment a month, they're giving away a Mercedes or that new Tesla, we going to go put, what, how much? How, how much I got to put down now? Do I actually got to, do I actually got to pay? And, and you going to poke the bear. So I just think with Deshaun, it was like, he's such an amazing talent. And there's never been a time where a, a, a team like the Texans, 
has messed that up. You know what I mean? Like that. T- all right. So I'm going to use the Texans as an example. We're not the Texans. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like worst case scenario, like we was, we was the same record last year, right? You could look at the bad teams had the same record last year, similar record, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's like when the last time they've been in the playoffs and been really a, a, a force to be reckoned with when the last time, anyone's taking them serious and and, and they don't because the Texans are the Texans. Meanwhile, even though the Eagles are dysfunctional, I agree totally that they're dysfunctional at this point. Um, they're, they're still a dysfunctional Tesla. You know, they're, they get Tesla with the check engine light on, you know what I mean? I would prefer that over, you know, that, that Toyota Corolla that the Texans are. All right. That's an interesting thought. I never thought of it like that. You know, because well, the Texans are yeah. I mean, what were they? Playoffs three years ago? I have no idea. I don't need. No one knows the Texan. Texan players playoffs. don't even know. They could have been in the playoffs last year or two years ago. I'm not sure. Joe O'Brien knows. You know what's funny? Joe O'Brien loved that moment. I was just thinking about it. They what though? Oh, oh, we we hit the ticker on Harry. Go ahead, Harry. Give us what you were thinking. I was I was gonna say. Um, oh, we lost you for a little bit. We didn't see you. You're back. We had the Harry ticker for Oh, that's that's my, my internet. No, no worries. But what I was saying, <laughs> I was looking up. Uh, we're saying that it could be too late for Jordan Howard. He's only 26 years old. I thought it – I'm thinking in my head, talking about I'm like, oh, he's got to be like wow. 30. Yeah, but the other thing was his market is just – his market was dry to the point – No, I understand. He thought it was going to be a retirement. He thought he was going to be done. There wasn't a hot – there wasn't – Wow, I felt sorry. Wow, 26? Is so amazed at the 26 that he's still saying wow on the ticker. I think your modem is going out again. <laughs> wow. Am I back? <laughs> All right, I, I think we have... So we lost, we lost someone there. I guess uh, bad internet connection, but it is. He will be back. He will be back. He's got a toddler at home and a five-year-old who's probably just playing around with the wires of the modem. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he might be in my basement in about like five minutes, depending on how fast he walks up the street. <laughs> but but it is it is true. I, it's crazy. He's only twenty-six. So oh, he's he's oh, he's back. He's connecting to audio. I think we have him back. Oh, he's on mute. He's on mute. He's on mute because. I'm ba- am I back, man? He's back. He's back. All right, we're back. Man, you can't silence the truth, Zoom. You can't shut me off. It was the NFL. The NFL was picture, by the way. That was profile picture. The NFL was messing with his modem. They didn't want to hear it. That was Howard Roseman at El Jefe Lori, man. You know they got pool. They in control out here. They know what to do. They just said Verizon, clip him. He knows what's up. <laughs> too much he knows our needs he knows what we're thinking about trading for deshaun watson and how bad the texans are um so do you want to do you want to you want to go in i was gonna say do you want to go in depth into it i I mean i'm going into the nfl draft thinking that the eagles have a need at wide receiver still Mm -hmm. uh, just like a lot of other fans uh they have a need at linebacker which has been a need for a while secondary you're looking at cornerback you're looking at safety which is still a need um Asante Samuel Jr. would be a great name to mm-hmm. bring in in that second round, in my opinion. 
um, it would actually please Eagles fans, which is very hard to do, is please Eagles fans. Philadelphia fans. Eagles fans. Philadelphia uh, fans. Bringing in Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, I, I'm also potentially looking at offensive line at one point as well. I mean, these guys were injury prone like crazy last season. Well, that's what I was going to say, Kev. I think somewhere in this draft, you have to take at least two of them. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't have to start, but to, they can grow in that offense. Like, so they can play two years from now. And it mm-hmm. can't be that seventh round pick. Like no. the, mm-hmm. the Prince pick last year, I, Prince, I think his name, his name was Prince or King or <laughs> not King Dunlap. Formerly known as Prince. Maybe he was formerly known as Prince. Maybe he's a princess in the seventh round did not work. So <laughs> you need to go a little bit sooner there. Right. Yeah, we, we we got we got it we got to strike early. It's a lot of good talent, but after I want to say like the fourth round, it's a it's a steep drop off. Um, you may be able to get a cornerback or two late. It's a kid named Shakur Brown. I believe he's out of Michigan. He's a solid corner that may go like fourth, fifth. Another guy, you know, I couldn't even pronounce his name. I'm not going to try. But I think he's from Syracuse. It's like Ifa Tawala or something like that. But he's all, yeah, he's also a nice corner. And they're they're going to they're both going to be when I seen their ranking, I think their ranking was like 70 and 71. So that's why like I believe if Howie goes ahead and and, and move, you know, I was heavy on defense. I'm heavy on defense. But if Howie goes ahead and grabs a stud offensive skill player, I'm not mad at that. May it be Pitts, may it be Chase. I'm cool with Devontae Smith. And I'm cool with Jalen Waddle, but like outside of that top four, I'm good. I wait to the second round. And 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 my thing is, when twelve comes a knocking, right? And when it comes when it when it comes around, it's like one of two decisions: either you trade him back because you could grab J.C. Horn late. You know what I mean? You could grab at fifteen or sixteen. You could grab uh, Jalen Waddle. Um, you know what I mean? You could grab those players probably at 15, 16. So I would trade back. If not, I'm going either top wide receiver. I need the top. I need the cream of the crop. So I need top three of either wide receiver, linebacker, or corner. So if Michael Parsons is off the table and all of those receivers are off the table, but that kid from uh, Notre Dame, the linebacker from Notre Dame with a name I can't pronounce, but he's available, I'm taking him. You know what I mean? If certain, if everyone else is off the board, it's like only the, the top two rated linebackers. I'm taking them. The top two rated cornerback. I'm taking them because it's going to be an automatic fill, and 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 we can move away from that without having to spend money for the next three years. Right. No, I agree with that. I think free on anything. It's the Eagles should select the best player available. The problem is Howie's best player available and our best player available are two completely <laughs> different guys. It's going to uh, be a quarterback. Available, it's going to carry an umbrella. Uh, <laughs> no. no, it's going to be a quarterback from, uh, from Coastal Carolina. Quarterback factory, man. <laughs> quarterback factory. Yeah, uh, he going to take a QB late for sure. That's that's Howie. Let, well, that's different. You t- uh, what, well, hold on. What, if you take a QB late, though, that's I'm okay with that. You take one like the sixth round, sure. Yeah, like I think he's going to go one of the last two picks. There's going to be a QB available. The kid from Notre Dame, the QB, he's like, yeah. And uh, that's a kid by the name of Felipe Franks. He's like 6'6 from one of the smaller schools, but but he's solid. So, any of the projects. So, you know how he loves the QB factory projects. He like <laughs> Willy Wonka when it comes to QBs. So, you know, he'll love to do that. 
It hasn't worked out for him yet. Nah, not yet. Shut up, Kev. <laughs> oh, here we has she done any uh she hasn't played any piano? She hasn't she's played still... recently. It's been no. sad. Six or Sadie. Six or Sadie, everybody. And clap dance. <laughs> she hasn't had right. to play in a while. Well, the sweet sounds of Six or Sadie has not played the piano since like January, early January. Let's go into our Philadelphia. Your team, your town, your first place. Tied for first place. 76ers. Mm-hmm. Um, so the best team in Philly. Mm-hmm. Clap your hands. Still the best team in Philly. Still, George Hill is not suited up as of yet. All right, um, I forgot we. <laughs> I forgot to. Like trade deadline acquisition, still not playing for the Sixers. Uh, the upside is they have they've had struggles, uh, especially during back to back games, uh, and those struggles have not, way to pull in the hat, man. That's those right. Right. Not really Solid. Where they are in the standings, which is. The scariest part is even though they've won one, lost one, won one, lost one, Mm -hmm. even though they've struggled on back-to-backs, it has not affected where they rank against the Bucks and the Nets, and they need need to continue to push for that number one spot. Right. Mm -hmm. So I know Harry Harry over here wants to attack Ben Simmons. I first am going to attack the man (laughs) in which I said was the best backup center. Uh, coming off the bench in the NBA, that man was Dwight Howard, what? who continues to pick up technical fouls after technical fouls after technical fouls. He now leads the league. Th- this man averages what, like 10, 10 minutes a night? Yes. <laughs> he has fourteen technical fouls. He leads the league. He's the grumpy. 14. He's the he's. Uh, here's an analogy: he's the grumpy old man on the lawn yelling that you get off. That's two away from the suspension. That's all right. He's a oh, fool. Yeah, yeah. What what Doc what Doc call him that time? He's a clown. He's a clown. He said both of them are clowns. That's exactly how I feel about Dwight. You know, uh, me and my buddies have a thing with Dwight. Whenever we say his name, we say it like high pitch, like Dwight, because it's just I don't know. Like that's just the vibe I get from like, what are you doing? You know how like when you upset, you really upset, your voice get high pitch. Like what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh my god! Oh my god! That's just the vibe I get from Dwight every time I see him now. Like, I love his energy. I love the fact that he gives our team, like, so much bounce off the bench. But at the same time, it feels like he gives us bounce, and then he, like, bounces his way into attack. Like, it's it's like clockwork. One of the younger guys can come in and nudge him. Dwight nudges him back. And it's just – it's like clockwork. Yeah. So, my biggest problem with him is he's too old for that. You know what I mean? Like, how long – do you continue to do the same nonsense and expect something different, I guess? I don't know. Or maybe, you know what? Maybe Dwight don't even expect nothing different. Maybe he don't expect nothing different. Doing the same thing over and over again, thinking yeah. expecting a different result. Um, hmm, how many times have I said that on this podcast? Not about him, though. <laughs> they said about him. Only about Howard Roseman. <laughs> a, a lot of Doug Peterson uh, references there. Yeah, um, so they're, they're struggling, but they're winning. Yeah. Uh, much like the Flyers early season. <laughs> oh, that's not. That's struggling, not but winning. Um, not ready for that yet. Back to backs. <laughs> Obviously, Ben has not picked up his game the, offensively the way we would like. It ain't going to happen. It ain't. It ain't. Ben, I, I, like, I don't, spell. They were do a dry spell at one point. Nah, 
His whole life been dropped. Like what? When, when has been jump shot been what? Like when? <laughs> this guy is. I don't want to go on a rant about Ben, but I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. He is the luckiest role player ever in the history of basketball. If it was not for Joel Embiid and Embiid. every every other person that ever the Sixers ever tried to get in here to help him, because Ben's shortcomings. You could say Jimmy Butler. Now it's Tobias Harris picking up the slack. You even got Shake Milton coming off the bench picking up his slack. It's like with Ben Simmons, no other person can have a bad night. Like, Embiid can't come in and be like, yo, I don't feel good. I had an argument with my fiance. The baby ain't go to bed last night. Ben, I need you, bro. Ben going to look at him like, you need who? I ain't got nothing for you, bro. I'm going to give you six points, nine and nine tonight. And it's like, at what point does our superstar, oh, no, I can't call him that, does our all-star be an all-star? At what point does Ben put the team on his back and be what is promised. And to me, Ben Simmons, when they promised us, we thought we were getting magic. What we really have is John Stockton. And 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 when you think about Stockton, they, the offense wasn't based around him. Utah didn't do, you know, it was based around Carmelone. It was, you know, Stockton, he was great. But at the end of the day, it's, that wasn't the person that was taking the last shot for the team. Stockton became more of a role player over time. And he's in the Hall of Fame because he's a leader in assistant steals. And I feel like that's what Ben really wants to do. He does not want to be magic. He doesn't want to be a killer. He doesn't want to be the guy that goes out and wins the game for his team. He is very much comfortable facilitating. And nothing showed me that more. Well, last year, that time when he kicked, he was driving down the lane and kicked it to Al Horford for the three. I know Horford was wide open. But a Horford three-pointer, even if it's wide open, to me, is a lower percentage shot than Ben Simmons two feet from the rim dunking. It happened again. Uh, Taco Fall was sticking him and Embiid at the same time. It was like a two-on-one almost. And Ben is five feet from the basket. All he got to do is do something. He doesn't have any offensive game at all. He, like, goes up. He passes it to Embiid. Embiid is like, oh, he get it back, throw it up, and Taco Fall just happens to foul Embiid. Embiid go to the line and make two shots. That's the perfect example of Ben Simmons' career. He don't know what to do. He's playing hot potato. He literally throw the ball in the air. Tobias Harris catches, shoot the three, and now it's an assist that looked like Ben Simmons did something. Really, he ain't do nothing but grab the rebound off the backboard, turn around, run as fast as he can down the court. Once he's running to the wall, he jumps, stop, and just turn around and throw the ball up. And last night, we seen it. Seth Curry catch it, uh, shoot the three, swish. If it's going in that night, it's a beautiful thing. We win in the game by 20. But if everybody's shot not dropping, Ben does not do anything to compensate for that. He's still going to run down the court full speed and turn around and give it to Danny Green, who missed seven three-pointers this night. Like, bro, he missed seven threes tonight. And you ain't going to take the layup? Come on, bro. And that's my biggest problem with Ben Simmons is that my man shoot 40 50% from layups. Like, he ain't shooting no jump shots. How are you 40 50% on layups, bro? Like, I can't with you, man. I can't. It's nothing that and, – and I'm going to cut him some slack right now. You know, I'm a mental health professional. I could cut him some slack right now because he got a lot going on with his family. I understand right now. But, bro, it's been a trend in your career. Every year, the only time you good magically is two weeks before the All-Star game or magically two weeks before the All-Pro, All-Defensive team voting is finished. 
And then after that, in the playoffs, you're like, eh, I'm cool with losing. It's the same thing we saw at LSU when they ain't make the tournament. And that's my problem with Ben is that Ben has the potential to be great, but he don't even care. He don't care. He happy being on Instagram showing them new clothes he bought and his latest Lamborghini truck and who he dating. He don't he could care less than Embiid out there killing himself to get 40, 20, and 9. And Tobias Harris giving the best that he got. He don't even care. Ben like, I'm cool. I ain't going to give my best. I'm going to give what I'm cool with giving. And that's my biggest problem with him. And I don't feel like we'll be able to transcend as long as he holding our team back in that way. I think that there's going to be a difference this year. I think Doc Rivers is the difference. Well, he was also like hurt last year. He was hurt last year, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Huh? He got hurt in the playoffs last year, right? Yeah. He got hurt in the playoffs. Oh, how convenient. That <laughs> Doc Rivers holds them accountable, which was the biggest issue that Brett Brown did not do. Yes. Uh, I'm hoping that Doc Rivers is the answer. My biggest key with Ben Simmons is that defense wins championships. True. I'm hoping that his continued strong defensive presence can outperform his his offensive struggles right now. But, and, and that's that's the biggest key for me, especially when you're playing against um, the monsters of uh, of the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets. No, that's facts. Defense definitely won championships, but I feel like you can get defense from a role player or the bench. Like Pat Beverly gave you defense, but like, is he really uh, you know what I mean? A staple of the Clippers? Defensively, yes, cool. But like, we you need your star point guard. That's that, to give you 25 a night. Like, if you look around the league, star point guards, that, that, that's not a defensive position, Ben. And Ben, he give us defense, he give us rebounds, because he can't give us offense. He compensating. And just, like, he know he can't do nothing. So he's like, all right, all I can do is, this is what I equated to, is I equated to a, a wife that can't cook. You know, he, you, she knows she can't cook, so she she the, she the best takeout or whatever. You know, oh, baby, we going to order Panera tonight. Next day, no, we going to switch it up. The night we doing Chipotle. Like, the next day, oh, we going to my piece. She is great at compensating Harry, for the fact that she can't cook. Wife. I, I know I see her uh, walk. <laughs> I will not say a word to her. I promise. Oh, I ain't say my wife now. <laughs> the doghouse of last week. That might be, a, that's going to be our side story later on. No, I, the I do the um, cooking in my relationships, so, so I, that's like if I can't cook. I mean, yeah, I'm, if you can't cook, you know, it's compensating. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's the person that I do is, that. You want something from them they can't give, so they give you everything else. That's right. You know? when I, that's when I don't feel like cooking. I say we're gonna do take <laughs> Thai food tonight, babe. That's all right. Everybody wins. Thai food for everyone. So but that I, I think that's what Ben is to me. Ben Simmons is a, a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. He's amazing. People tell me how great it is. Oh, my God. The Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich is the greatest thing ever. And then I say to them, look, and then I say to them, I say, but I'm allergic to peanuts. And they cooking peanut oil. I can't eat it. Everybody, like, oh, you can't eat. I'm like, yeah, it's the greatest, ain't it? But, like, it ain't good for me. And that's Ben Simmons. He the greatest. Oh, my goodness. Best defense up. But then he a square peg in a real hole, in a in a round hole at playoff time, and he hold our team back every year. He great in the regular season, and then he hold us back in the playoffs. Harry, you said something very important: putting the guys around him to succeed. So having those having those guys that work on Ben's strengths is a good thing. You so talk about that with every like sport. George Hill coming in, 
uh, and giving Shake Milton a little bit of a rest off that number one, being able mm-hmm. to drop Ben down to the four yes, is going to be huge at certain times because you can keep Ben on the court instead of pulling him out as number one. Uh, there, there are important things happening, but George Hill needs to play. You just said something very important, and I just want to stamp that as a confirmation for you. Yes, you are correct. Ben Simmons is not a point guard. Mark, mark it down, by the way. Uh, mark it down. He's I a don't four. Hear it often that I'm right, so it's it's fun. You are right. He Ben Simmons is a four. He's a four. He is not a point guard. He never should have been a point guard. The reason he's a point guard is because he can't shoot, and his dad made sure that okay, I instead of making my son learn how to shoot. I'm going to just make him the tallest guard, the strongest guard, you know, and, and think about it literally. He was the tallest kid on the court, the fastest, that fast break offense he run would have been magical when you can't nobody stop you. But as you come to the NBA and they could just wall you off, you got to get a different offensive skill set. And that's something that Ben refuses to do. And that's going to hold him back his entire career. You know, earlier you talked about, uh, Doc Rivers holding him accountable. Guess what that accountability going to be? That accountability is going to be Ben Butt getting traded at the end of the season if we don't make the conference finals because it's no excuse. And the reason we constantly need more is because of Ben Simmons. If we had a real point guard, any any other you you take any other good top twenty point guard and give them and be they lights out. But Ben Simmons, he constantly needs more. The only team Ben Simmons would be good on would be the Golden State Warriors when they had Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Kevin Durant. He would be able to be Draymond Green. Other than that, he's not even a Draymond because Draymond can shoot and has an offensive skill set. Ben Simmons need to be around the greatest shooters of all time or it's not going to work. And it's not realistic for us to think that we're always going to be able to fill our team with shooters to surround him because who's going to play defense? And that'd be the biggest problem. We saw that with Sova and Bellinelli. You know what I mean? You go out and you get a shooter, now he can't play defense. You saw that with J.J. Reddick. So it's like you got to give up something to get something in the NBA. Nobody is a dual threat. And if they are dual threat, they making enough more money than they ain't trying to sit next to Ben and play third fiddle, or they we can't afford him on a max deal. So Ben needs to accept the fact that he's not a max player and allow himself to be a role player on our team, and we can bring in another max player, or we need to go ahead and move him while his value high. Because uh, two more years from now, the league is going to stamp him as a role player. He Andre Iguodala out here. Uh, finals MVP, Andre Iguodala there, Harry. Uh, most well, important question of the day. Um, when are we going to a Sixers game together so I can break out my Ben Simmons jersey, sit <laughs> with you, and just laugh? I, I will also wear ben, a Ben Simmons jersey that night. <laughs> um, the Sixers being crazy right now with the tickets. I've been calling – um, as far as like, you know, I got season tickets. So I'm like, Hey, hook me up. <laughs> but they, it's been so limited. They're only were like offering a suite. I'm actually going down to the April 28th game with the Hawks just to kind of see what things were going to see what's going on see if it's even worth going. Cause we might be better off in a house drinking beers for $2 a beer instead of $13 a beer, <laughs> but nice waters having some nice waters. Yeah. Some nice, some nice ice cold waters. <laughs> uh, ice cold waters. Uh, nothing, nothing like them during a Phillies game. Oh, yes. Nice transition. Yes. Phillies couple weeks. Going to go quickly go through because we, we kind of are short on time. I'm sorry. I talk a lot. Conversation that I know Eric has been dying to get to. Yes. Um, 
The, the oh, Philadelphia on. Phillies, they started oh, off on, on fire at 5-1. and one. They've, they've cooled off a bit. They're now still top of the NL East at 6-4. and four. They're playing a doubleheader right now where Hector Nearest Blue has saved, uh, which scares the crap out of me because Hector Nearest should not be the closer of the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, some positives I've noticed is that the Phillies bullpen has shown the strength early, kind mm-hmm. of like I mentioned on the podcast a, a little bit ago that they were – quietly boistering that bullpen, quietly boistering the rotation. Uh, the biggest worry, though, is that their four and fives are weak uh, as starting pitchers. Aaron Nola has not been the ace that we need him to be. Uh, and when that happens, your bullpen gets tired. So those tired arms are showing a little bit already. Archie Bradley was put on the 10-day uh, injured list earlier wow. this week. Nearest blew a save today. Uh, and we're, Are they we're, winning right now? They're playing right now, right? They're playing right now in the doubleheader. Uh, Nola is pitching right now in our doubleheader. Um, okay. They they need to do a better job of getting these these starting pitchers going deep uh, in games and not having you know giving up that long ball. They started off well. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not. It's a very long season. Yeah, 162 season. games. I'm not going to throw in uh, throw in the towel on them yet. So, no, I'm throwing the towel. Why are you already throwing in the towel? <laughs> I'm not throwing in the towel. Some Phillies fan, you listen to Sports Talk Radio. Yes, we, we live. We live in Negadelphia. Like, what do you Facts. mean? Facts. People jump off the deep end all the time. They jumping off the deep end with the Eagles. You know, I had to break that down earlier. With the Phillies, then I feel like we were so. It's it's a residual from last year. Um, when they signed Bryce Harper, a lot of a lot of Phillies fans thought we was going to do something, <laughs> like at least make the playoffs. You know what I mean? And it was like last year was so disappointing that it's like, yo, I I'm just going to be totally honest, man. I can't rock with the Phillies until we like sixty in. Like you know what I mean? Like y'all won the first couple games. I literally laughed. Like all right, kudos to y'all. Clap it up, y'all beat the Braves. But uh, I didn't seen this before. You know what I mean? I've seen this with Gabe Kapler. So it's like with the Phillies. And then the other crazy part is we've seen it so bad. It's like we've seen 80% of the season go past. And we're like, oh, we definitely making the playoffs. And it bottom out. Like we are the bottom out Phillies. So I cannot vouch for these guys until we are so far along in the season that we've already clinched the playoff spot. Until then, I gotta just know what I know, and I gotta go with my eyes. And I'ma say they gonna bottom out. And like you said, Kev, it's because we don't have an ace. Nola is cool. I love him. Nola is what he is, though. He a two. He a he ain't an ace. He ain't an ace. He an ace on some days, and on other days he in. That's not an ace. I need that. I need an ace every day. Yeah, August. I was gonna say August. I'll come look again. August, yeah, August is a good time. August, we'll look at it again and reassess uh, and, and see where they're at. But, like, as far as right now, like, they don't even have a center fielder. Like, I can't waste my time like worrying about y'all. Y'all don't even know who y'all center fielder is. He has one hit all year. Yo, I'm, be- I'm better than Roman Quinn. Like, right now, right, I'm a hundred, this is real. Right now, I didn't drunk a beer, cut the grass. I worked all day. Right now, I'm going to get – I'm better than Roman Quinn. Like, come on, man. 
I don't even know why he. I'll have to tell he, you a side story off the podcast. I'm not going to make this public knowledge. So nice oh boy, a side story about Roman Quinn. Exactly. That's ex- that's ex- that's Roman Quinn for you. Your side story from your from your insiders that you have. It's a side story. Oh, this is this is an official um insider official. Insider Get him out of here. Roman Quinn is a waste of space. Hazley is a is a I call him Praisley. We praying he good. He ain't good either. We know it. Come on, man. We just be hoping that one days, man. I hope he turned into something. I know he ain't right now, but God, no, we need to call it is what it is with this with the Phillies, and we don't know what they gonna do. Another Dom Brown out there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Dubu Herreros. How many times this thing happened? Leave Don Brown alone. I have his jersey <laughs> sitting up in the closet somewhere. That's a throwback. My Raul Abanez jersey. Raul. That's dude. So <laughs> his portrayal in Moneyball cracks me up. I love Raul. Raul. That's where I used to scream back in the day. Every game, it was a Raul. Mm-hmm. Raul's biggest fan sitting right here on the Philly fans podcast. Hey, Kev, what are these extra inning rules? I forget to be honest All with right, you. So the the doubleheader rule. rules right now is that there's a player on second base when we hit extra innings. It's like college uh, football starting from the twenties. It, it will speed up the game. It will basically force them uh, not to have these like seventeen inning oh games. So they always have a guy starting on second base. Okay. So, I, I don't know if it's going to help the game or if it's going to hurt the game myself. In my opinion, I think it has to checks. Does it have to be a – is it like a designated runner? Like it's, it's not like designated someone – runner. I was going to yes. say it's not someone who's at bat or has an at bat. Yeah, it's a designated runner. Uh, and today the Phillies had a doubleheader. They went into extra innings in this doubleheader. But when you have a doubleheader, extra innings is uh, seventh inning. After okay. seven innings, you go into the uh, – Extra innings. Oh, they only play seven in the double? They, they wow. play seven in a double header. I mean, they get in all types of weird. So, I, I think in the end, this is going to hurt their contracts. But, hey, who am I? I'm just a guy sitting on a on a little chair in his basement mm-hmm. in Delaware County. I, I, I mean nothing. You mean a lot, Kev. You mean a lot a to this podcast. <laughs> you mean a lot more to me than Mike Seleski, I'll tell you that. Since you're going into Mike Seleski, we might as well go into the Flyers and Charles, a.k.a. Chucky, murdering the Flyers playoff hopes. They were already gone. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, they were gone when he signed Gustafson at the beginning of the, beginning of the season and made no other big moves. Oh, I got one more. Oh, you ready? I like it. Be prepared. I learned that at Boy Scouts. Be prepared. Kudos. if you switch to a Phillies hat. Yeah. He'd been crushing it. Bam. I could have thought of crushing one it. Union fan on this podcast. I want to make sure you have a union hat to go with it all. All right, good. Boom. Go. My hat rack's right <laughs> next. My hat rack's right next to my. Yes. Do you want an Eagles hat too? Here, I wasn't wearing one earlier. No, we um, this this team is garbage right now. So no, right. we not. We won in ten games, bro. Oh wait, 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 Kev. We can even go as far as you want the wings too. Whoa! <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm glad this is going to be on YouTube later. Yeah, I'm gonna put it up there because we have so many mm-hmm. hat changes. But yes, talking about the Flyers, Kevin, what do you want to talk about? Uh, well, uh, it is my sister's birth week <laughs> as it is your birth week. Oh, by the way, happy birthday! Happy uh, birthday, bro! Tomorrow. Oh, snaps for you! Snaps for your birthday. Yeah, no one cares about 32. Well, oh, it's also, it's also Big Al's birthday who turns two. My godchild. But well, my there you go. That, that means more. My sister's <laughs> birthday is on Thursday. Uh, I think it's one of these days. 
Uh, and the Flyers no, traded away her sister. favorite player. She's been uh, disappointed. She lit a candle around. Wow. Her, uh, no, around she did. Jerseys. Um, <laughs> it is on Twitter at Cure Key. Uh, for those uh, those big Cure Key followers out there, uh, my sister Kirsten has been in depression since the Flyers traded. Listen, we've all been there. When they traded Mike Richards, I was I was devastated. So I, I get it. Did you light a candle around your jerseys? No, I bought an LA King signed <laughs> Richards jersey. That's right, you did buy an LA King signed Richards jersey. I remember um, that actually. No, I mean, it, it, so, so Gus is an obvious trade. Just like we didn't need him. He shouldn't have been on the team. They got a pick out of it. Sure. Awesome. Yeah, and they uh-huh. kept 50% of his salary. It's Whatever. Perfect. Whatever. Mm-hmm. With the raffle trade, that makes sense too. He's at the end mm-hmm. of his contract. Rather than just letting him walk, they weren't going to re-sign him. So they got a fifth round pick for him. And he mm-hmm. goes to a playoff contender. So good for him. Thanks. Yeah. Let him live. Yeah, let him live. What this means though. What? This means oh. oh, you know what it means. That the Flyers are gonna make Sam Warren okay again. Well, no, I dude, I love him being called up. And you, I'm gonna tell you why, Kevin. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Is steal. Kevin I'm gonna steal right about Sam Warren all of these years. That's that has nothing to do with this conversation. <laughs> Here's my thing, and you guys can both disagree. I really don't care. <laughs> um, I so I'm a big I'm a big ghost supporter. I've always been a big ghost supporter. Me too. Parent, Pairing him with Morin, Moran, has been the best thing for him because he's a stay-at-home defenseman. That's all any coach needed to do for Ghost. He is an offensive-minded defenseman. Who do you pair him with? I don't know. Someone who's going to stay back and hit someone. That's all you had to do. Everyone's like, oh, he doesn't play defense. He doesn't play defense. He doesn't play defense. He wasn't drafted to play defense. <laughs> like he, well, he, His position's defender. He was drafted to score goals. So I'm tired of it. And by the way, his plus minus right now is, is well, besides this game, I don't know what it is, but it was zero going into this game. So he's really right, not so that Eric bad. Eric is tired of it. Let's do a scoreboard check. Eric, it it's is Tuesday night. It is 9-4. Flyers are in the third period. 6-1. Sorry. It is 6-1 to one <laughs> Capitals. Wow. Um, expect plus, the net. Plus minus not looking so good right now. Didn't AV call them a playoff team? He did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Oh, no. No, a couple of months ago, he said they were close. I don't know what close means to him. So what, Eric, what what happened? So I just say that because I feel like they are on the same roller coaster ride that the Eagles were last year, you know, and, and they'll be able to work it out like the Eagles are going to work it out. Yeah, so what you saw in the bubble last year, they had a great run to get that mm-hmm. first position in the playoffs, and then they collapsed. And I don't know where that happened. But it, it right out of the gate, they came out hot. They won, beat Pittsburgh twice. It's kind of like the Phillies were doing. They started off hot. Mm-hmm. They were winning games that didn't deserve the win. And I told Kevin on this podcast, I said, that's not going to last. And then mm-hmm. since then, they've been getting smoked. And I, I don't know. I already been called out for saying it's coaching on this podcast, right, Kev? Got that. Many, many times when we all know it's Chucky who's murdered mm-hmm. the It's not. Them. So here's the thing I don't think it's AV. I, I think it. I don't think it's. I don't think it's Chuck <laughs> Fletcher either. Chucky, ruining I think, everything, killing everything. <laughs> it's a mixture. It's a mixture of players not responding and stepping up, and coaches not being that motivator. Now they're NHL players; they shouldn't need a coach to motivate them, but they're not buying in to what's going on, or they're just being lazy. I can't. There's mm-hmm. so many things that I'm not sure what's going on. It's coaching. Leaders of the team not taking a leadership role. That's, That's coaching. 
You're saying it's the leaders of the team? Because go I go disagree with you there because I think accountability right now. No, I but he but he'll say he is because he's like, oh, I'll sit players. But that doesn't do anything. Yeah, but he's no. a ghost and he put ghost on waivers. That that didn't do anything. No, no but the more I think about that, Kev. Didn't make any big moves. And the, well, who was he going to do? There was no one. No one was going to take it. They were going to try to get the cheapest prices for these players. And he didn't want to lose them because he knows what he has in the young guys. Because they weren't going after veterans. Uh-uh. It's not like someone's calling him like, hey, I really want Jake Voracek. No one's calling him for that. Nah. No, this one's calling for Jake Voracek, but you got guys calling for like a Nolan Patrick. This why I this, want to lose them. This why I think is coaching. Um, when your players go above and beyond, you as a coach have to bottle that. You have to capture that moment and use it to your advantage. You have to harness it. Doug Peterson ain't do that, and we see where he at. And he's going to be there. <laughs> he's going to be on that same boat trip next year. If, because what once pl- players realize when they're playing uh, bigger than themselves, and, and they, and they kind of look to the coach to be like, yo, you see me out here? Like, help me harness it. He lost it. It's lost. Last year in that bubble, they had a spark. They had something that was genuine. They had a relationship. They had a bond. And whatever happened when they lost it, A.V. was not able to bring it back. And he wasn't able to bottle that up. It's gone now. It's clearly gone. It ain't coming back. So if he is not able to reintroduce a new spark, it's over. It's over because once, uh, uh, you know, as a man, once you don't believe in yourself, you know, it, it affects your psyche. And, and, and confidence is the key in all sports. So what I see when I watch the Flyers is, like you said, a lack of effort. A lack of effort come from you don't think you can win. It's like, man, it is, it is what it is this year. We ain't making the playoffs. They well, you, already didn't wrote themselves that. off. Yep. Yeah, you see, you see that because they're losing. Like even tonight's game, they went down. So it was they went down one nothing, scored, and then they went down four one, just like that. It was it's like, disheartening. It's like, it's disheartening. And they give up. Right, and it sucks. It sucks to be a goalie on this team right now because your team's not helping you. No, and your <laughs> their goalie coach needs to be fired because he tried to change one of the. Better goal, young goalies, and now Carson yep. Hart's losing so much confidence in himself. Yo, it's so it's, he, it's 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 kind of like that Carson Wentz thing, man. It's crazy how they dropped the ball. Like I'm talking about six months ago, I was ready to buy his jersey. We were like, we got one. This is this is real. And then the season started. It's like, eh, we do, we do. Um, it's not like Carson. Uh, it's it. Hart is going to be okay. I think. I just feel like. The coach is done, man. It is. He his message ain't clear. It's clearly not getting through the players. He is not. We saw what it could be. Right. <laughs> like we got a glimpse. And and even though that coach showed us the glimpse, that don't mean it's him. You know, sometimes a realtor show you a house and you loved it, but that ain't the house. It ain't right. it. And then you think it is, and you mad you lost the house. Oh, Kev outbid me on that house. I hate him. And then two days later, you find a house that you love, your dream house, your forever home. Right. That's what we need to do with AV. Get him up out of here. Thank you for, for the spark. You got us from point A to point B. We try and get to point D. Well, you can't do that. And that's the Brett Brown thing. Like that, we, we kept Brett two, two, two years too late. Get him out of here. AV, bye. That's, that's my job. Bye. <laughs> we need to get you up out of here. You sparked it. We could take a little bit of what you do and enhance that in the next coach. But 
a hundred percent of what you do is not working, bro. It's just not working. Track record of coaches. I'm gonna tell you what, Kev. We might get more hate on the podcast for saying AV needs to go. Bye, AV. <laughs> y'all can hate me all y'all want, but I'm just speaking facts. Like as a as a teacher, as an educator, if your track record, you got a class and they pop it for one month out the school year. You know, your principal gonna come in and say, "What happened, baby? You you had you was you had it before Christmas break. Was it the fact that Santa Claus was coming and they wanted to be on the nice list? You ain't a good educator." Says so the same thing with coaches for me. Yo, you was motivating them before the bubble. Oh, that was weird last year. They all they was stuck in the house for six months. Of course, they gonna be motivated for the bubble. Can you motivate them in regular time when he got cut the grass? When he got a, you know what I mean, the podcast rolling on his wife, kicking him up, boom, 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 be quiet, you too loud. Can you motivate a man then? That's what it takes, A.V., and he can't do that. That's at the great Aristotle, not actually his Twitter account. <laughs> a Twitter account is, is, uh, is at, at, what is it, at Aristotle, at Harry Hustle. It's one of them. If you, like I said, I'm a man of many names, but one truth. All I speak is the gospel of sports. So, you know, you'll find me at Aristotle or Harry Hustle. You you search either one and your boy popping up and uh, I'll, I'll fire off my cannon of hot takes at anybody that wants to come my way on Twitter. I never shy away or Facebook. You can find me uh, in one of those Igor or those Sixers chats. Hashtag Benny the Bumming, you know, because I just call a spade a spade out here. Yeah, we got to get you uh, all over the Philly fans' uh, Facebook account just to attack people at this point. Just put my put my new profile pick up. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Harry Ticker. Yeah, this this guy wants to argue. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Now, I appreciate y'all having me, man. This was a, 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 a really fun time. It's great to be able to talk sports with uh, two guys that, you know, you guys are a wealth of knowledge, and it's just different perspectives for me. Um, so, so I appreciate you guys having me on here. Honors all over on our side, man. We love having guests. Yeah, this was awesome. Man. I want this more. So, so Harry, you have to come back as well. Awards? Anytime. We usually do awards at the end of the podcast. I think nice. there's only one award we can actually give out this week, and that would be the winner of the week. <laughs> yeah, ah, I like um, it. And, and my winner of the week this week is Phillies fan James Scott. It's I am James Scott on Twitter. Uh, James, his son caught a Freddie Freeman uh, home run the other I day. Saw that. Um, gave his son ran over to a kid with a Freddie Freeman jersey and gave it to him. I'm giving uh, James Scott the winner of the week. He gets all the awards this week. All of them. All the awards. Except for the stupid idiot award. He does not get, the <laughs> he does not get that. That he gets the awesome award. You know. Yeah, the stupid idiot award always goes to Howard Roseman. So. Howard. And listen, and El Jefe Lori, they together. They are uh, Smithers and Burns. You know, they together. They are one entity. We're going to group them together from now on because, uh, you know, uh, Jeffrey Lori is is the battery in Howie's back. We know that now. So it's, it's hard to, to, to split them in half. They the same person to me. We got if we got next time I come on, I'll have a name for that one group entity together. Oh, I like that. I'm ready. That's, I mean, that's perfect. So we're going to log off right now. We're going to sign off uh, with make sure you follow us on our Twitter, on our Instagram, at our YouTube, at the Philly fans. It's at the Philly fans podcast on Facebook. That's P-H-A-N-S. We have a link tree on all of our accounts, which will bring you to our wonderful gear that Eric has created. Uh, Mm. Obviously the best coming from my mouth. Obviously. 
Like what? bad things happen in Philadelphia. That, that's oh, got it, one. got it. Yeah. Great design out of me, naturally. Yeah, you're doing great jobs. Great Being stuff. the expert on the staff. That's, that's right. Uh, Eric, got anything? Got anything to go out with? No. Is it next year yet? <laughs> As the Union fan, doop 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 doop. Well, the Union are oh, they won their first. Go. Yeah, they've got to play tomorrow. They won their last game, so it's going yeah. down. So that's something to look forward to. You know, go Birds, and I'm gonna end on. Clap your hands, everybody. That's Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, the Sixers going to the finals, baby. It's happening. So get ready and play that song. You know, that's what's happening. Play that song, but we're going to play the Philly fans podcast song to sign us off again. There we go. Doop, 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 doop.